Welcome to the Bitcoin Zodiac, the podcast that explores the intersection of finance and astrology, where we use a combination of spirituality and logic to help us connect the dots in the markets as well as in life. Hosted by Corinne, Claire, and Alexandra, who come from a diverse background, bringing with them a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realms of astrology, cryptocurrency, spirituality, yoga philosophy, day trading, and of course, Bitcoin. In each episode, we explore a different aspect of the economics of the markets, from following Bitcoin to more complex topics like blockchain governance and decentralized finance. But we don't just stop there. We also examine and discuss the astrological implications of these topics, exploring the different zodiac signs, the houses, the moon phases, and how they might approach financial decision-making and investment strategies. Join us on this journey as we explore the intersection of these two worlds that are often thought to be at odds with one another, finance and astrology. Whether you're a seasoned crypto investor, a day trader, or just starting to dip your toes into the world of Bitcoin and blockchain, the Bitcoin Zodiac is a podcast for you. So sit back, relax, maybe take some notes and come expand your consciousness with us through the world of the financial markets with an astrological lens. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Um, How are we feeling? Post-eclipse, all the Scorpio energies. Feeling good. Feeling really good. Ready for hot astrology summer. Yes. So excited for hot astrology summer. Yeah, it's good. Got some, got some good things coming up. I know, finally. Yeah, like I'm, I'm so sick of the negativity. I know, yeah. but it's it's so funny. It's like we've been through the winter, we've been through the pruning, we've come through the growing pains of spring, and now we're ready for hot astrology summer. Exactly. <laughs> we are uh, peeling all the layers off, uh, all that we're taking off the scarves, the jackets, all the heavy clothing. I'm done with that, releasing, ready to get into my bikini and live my best life. Yeah, that's exactly. the beauty. <laughs> that's the uniform. Yes. <laughs> Obligatory uniform, everybody. <laughs> oh, dear. But it has been, um, I know for many, especially women, I feel like especially for women, it has been, um, again, just intense energies. Obviously, everybody has felt them in different ways, whether some people felt it more with the full moon in Libra or the last eclipse in Taurus, sorry, in Aries. Or now, you know, I do know some people that really have been going through it once again with this eclipse. And I feel like it is kind of the ending of um, all of this release period. And different things have come up in different ways, I think, for then all of us during every single one of these, like, moon phases. Um, But we're almost there. Like, we've also had Mercury retrograde. Um, We're still in Mercury retrograde until the 14th. So we've still got a little bit of time. Um, I don't know about you ladies, but I, and I, sometimes I feel like it's because I'm so in sync with it all, but 
technology has not been my best friend. <laughs> the Wi-Fi, the trading view, the VPN, all the things is not, yeah. not really working. <laughs> no, I was I was on a um I was on a podcast last week. Um and they were like, we've never had any technical difficulties except for last week. During Mercury Retrograde, like all of these things went haywire. And I just got on there and started laughing. And I was like, well, let's open up and talk about Mercury Retrograde. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. It hasn't been, it hasn't been too bad for me, except like I had, you know, I had these just annoying things. Like I said to you girls the other day, like there was a nail in my tire and, yeah. but it actually, I think it's like when you kind of like don't get really frustrated and flustered with it, that it kind of just, you know, it, it went smoothly. I mean, it's annoying to have to sort out, but it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. Like it wasn't, nothing went drastically wrong. But, yeah. um, so it's like the purpose of these retrogrades is to learn how to like not learn how to like see beyond it. And like you just said, flow smoothly with it. And I think that's how we can like receive these upgrades from it, like these soul upgrades. Is just not not to get caught caught up and not to like excessively blame, but to be like, okay, stuff is wonky right now. How can I reroute and be present with how I'm going to make these decisions? This new moon coming up in May nineteenth um in Taurus which is a black moon which we'll get into a little bit later is uh gonna be a great time for new beginnings yeah absolutely absolutely it's much more positive astrology coming up I'm getting I'm getting mm. excited it's time to kind of like to have come through all of the the hard stuff and to be able to finally you know have some expansion it'll be fun exactly and I think before we get to that, should we take a little bit of a look of what's happened since last time we were yeah. on an episode? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because yeah. it's been really interesting. Like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> the bank collapses after Claire predicted them. <laughs> I'm not yep. sure it required any psychic ability for that, by the way, but like... <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting also when you kind of, um, because especially at that time, I wasn't looking at the news. So like you can look at the astrology and you can kind of go, oh, okay, this is what's happening. But if you're looking at the news, then you can sort of see what's likely to happen. But um, yeah, so it's it's useful to, to sort of have both or to see what direction that's coming from. But I don't think you know that's not the last banking collapse to be honest like it's the i think this quote-unquote banking crisis has only just begun in america and mm -hmm. um yeah it has a contagion effect for the rest of the world as well of course um so yeah let's wait and see but i i think the thing that unnerves me the most about it is that it's like well jerome powell says everything's fine so everything's fine mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like no it's not. Not. It is. Well, I mean, even Biden came out. Biden came out and he was like, banks are safe and secure. 
And I'm like, um, maybe JP Morgan Chase, because that's where the 1% keep their money is safe. But I don't know about everything else. Don't be saying that to the public. Did he have an ice cream in his hand at the time? Like I <laughs> oh, yeah. May as well have. I've never seen him without an ice cream in his hand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. I, think... I saw the funniest thing on, uh, I think it was like on Instagram and it was like one of his speeches. And I mean, everybody makes mistakes, but he's made a few. And this one was so funny. He was like, and let's end uh and let's and let's go lick the world and make America like great or something like that. I was like, lick the world. <laughs> oh, How do you even get that? Let's go. What was he trying to say? Like I'm he thinking about sure. ice cream? Thinking about ice cream for sure. <laughs> oh God, it's too funny. It's too funny. But I think what's interesting as well is just sort of watching how Bitcoin reacts because you sort of we don't necessarily have a precedent for this. Like Bitcoin wasn't hasn't existed in these kind of like macroeconomic times. So we don't really have a precedent for it. And Bitcoin seems to be doing really well. Like usually when you see things like banking collapses and, you know, bank shares dropping like 90% and all of this kind of stuff, it usually spooks the market entirely. And, you know, that also, you know, brings down the NASDAQ, brings down like all of crypto. But it feels like that people are finally seeing Bitcoin as a store of value, safe haven asset, um, hard money. And Bitcoin generally has been holding pretty well Been coming down a bit this week, as we had also said, um, after the new moon. Sorry. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like it was after the new moon and it's still, but it's still, I think if you think about what is going on in the financial sector, all that is going on, I think Bitcoin is actually holding pretty well, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, Bitcoin is doing a really great job. Um, you know, we were expecting a bit more of an intense pull down during yeah. this, not just full moon, but also the eclipse. And I mean... Bitcoin still brought it down almost 10%, um, which is significant. But, you know, I was going back on just some of my notes and I may have said it in the last episode or one of my other training sessions that I do when we're speaking about how the eclipse happened specifically in the fourth house. And on a personal level, right, because we talk about there's financial astrology and what the houses mean versus then the, the personal side of things. Um, but, you know, when we talk about the personal side, which I also like to look at when we look at financial astrology, it's about the home. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was just a really big like sign. And I had said something along the lines of like, this is where it's going to show who actually loves and gets Bitcoin. Like yes. who is Bitcoin's family? Like who are the people that are like, Yes, banks are collapsing. All of this crazy stuff is happening around the world. And I trust that Bitcoin is going to be a store of value that I can keep my financial energy in that. And it's going to be safer than anywhere else right now. So I think this was a really huge test. One of, I'm sure there's going to be many more to come. Um, but I think <laughs> it was a test. And I'm like, yeah, I grew Bitcoin, you know, like, you're doing a great job and people are starting to believe and care and 
I know, Claire, you listen to a lot of like macro economists um, yeah. and it seems like a lot of them are onto it too. Like they're not talking as much about gold and silver and land anymore. I mean, a little, but then they go and do some comparisons and they're like, yo, Bitcoin's where it's at. Yeah, well, I think the most interesting one was Hugh Hendry that I listened to last week on Bloomberg and he was talking about like he was basically saying the same thing he has like merch and trucker caps like that have slogans on them saying I suggest you panic (laughs) 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 so I mean he's really funny but he's like he's a big hedge fund manager you know and he was a really big hedge fund manager but he you know he was sort of he said something that was actually kind of alarming on there um and that was that possibly the the u.s are maybe going to need to put some gates on the capital flow out of the um financial system so basically in crypto speak it's like are the banks going to halt withdrawals in america so i i don't know i i've no idea if that's true or not but i just thought it was interesting that he said it he thinks the trade at the moment is really like um long treasuries but he also said, you know, he's like, Bitcoin is looking pre- like a pretty good bet right now. And so he's not really looking at it from the perspective of, um, you know, really what Bitcoin is really for, the self-custody aspect of it. He's looking at it, you know, in terms of a trade. But, um, you know, I think the main thing the the key feature of bitcoin for me anyway is the self custody element of it it's you're able to hold your wealth outside of the system and i think that that is a really key part of bitcoin so when you know you see these kind of things they're they're not entirely immune to um to contagion there are you know obviously it does fluctuate you know bitcoin does fluctuate in these times However, it, it's in your custody. So, um, you know, you're not going to have your bank, your Bitcoin bank is not going to collapse. And you're going to have to worry about is the Fed or FDIC going to bail us out? You know, all of those kind of things. You don't have that counterparty risk. And I think that that's what's really important for peace of mind at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it was, and I know we had brought this up you know, another wake up call for all this self custody is finance held withdrawals. Yes. And people could not withdraw Bitcoin specifically from my level of understanding. But I think then it went to a full, all cryptocurrencies weren't able to withdraw. Um, and it happened like various times within 24 hours, and people were just like, on the edge being like, oh my God, is this it? Is Binance the next one to go down? Um, And we had seen the astrology there and something happening in regards to Binance and the exchange um, during this eclipse season. And Binance is fine. Again, from my level of understanding, what's occurred is just that because there was such a- um, Congestion on the Bitcoin network. Yeah, there was just so much volume pending transactions on Bitcoin that everything got frozen. Um, But now, you know, things are coming out that there was a really like fishy withdrawal of like 
lots of Bitcoin from Binance and they're just trying to see where that's going. Um, but I haven't followed up on that. So I'm not sure where these large amounts of money are going. Um, I can talk a little bit about also why why it's so congested because it's actually quite interesting and it really ties in yeah. with the kind of Taurus astrology that we're going to talk about later as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, feel free to do so. More so my point there was just more so the whole, yeah, again, this is like a not even just self-custody of assets through banks, but now it's already a bit of a wake-up call in regards to centralization and decentralization, even in the crypto space. Yeah. Um, we had another exchange go down, um, Bit Bitrex. Yeah, they filed was. bankruptcy. There we go. So there's another one. But um, yeah, go ahead, Claire, because I also think that's really important to talk about in more detail. No, I think, um, yeah, I mean, even Bitrex as well. I mean, Bitrex, it looks like they uh, they had an attack from the SEC, basically. Um, mm. And so they decided to put their American business in Chapter 11 and they I think they're going I think they're going to London maybe they're reopening yeah because a lot of these exchanges even Coinbase is in um, Dubai at the moment with um, and looking like things are moving out of the US because the regulatory environment is just not conducive to anything and um, you know especially a company like Coinbase they have gone over and above to be regulated to do everything that they need to do and they still get jabs from the sec constantly like it, it really low blows also you know they're very clear on um you know on sticking with the regulations they you know they want to do everything above board in that way but i think it's just become too much for them and so they they are also possibly looking at moving out of the u.s as well um, because yeah. there's just so much, you know, at the end of the day, they're businesses and they're like, why are we hashing it out here? You know, obviously the U.S. is an important market, but there's so much more money to be made overseas. You know, they can't have derivatives. They're very limited on, you know, they're getting fined left, right and center when they have no clarity in the first place. So it's just, I think, become almost impossible for these companies to do business in the U.S., which is crazy. It's crazy. Right. Like. It's so un-American. It's so yeah. un-American. Like, well, you know, America's it's... changed since the ice cream liquor uh, became president. <laughs> <laughs> the world's oh, liquor, I'm sorry. The, no, exactly. We're licking the world. Let's go lick the world. Lick um, the world, snitch children. I digress. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, it's weird. It's been a weird yeah. season of the Real Housewives of the Real Politicians, sorry, of Washington mm -hmm. DC. It's been a weird two seasons. We we knew this was all coming up with mm -hmm. a season and with the astrology. It was all through people of authority. There's oh, there's more to come. And when we talk about what's coming next, so there's some key astrological things there as well that, you know, just a lot of political changes, um, primarily in America, because again, as we spoke about last week, you know, the US is really going through their Pluto return. And that's just time for shifting and changing. I don't know if I had mentioned this on on the last episode as well, that um, something 
showed in the astrology that something significant was going to change and it was a sign of transformation in the New York Stock Exchange building. And and that's like where a lot of the laws around finances for all of America are, are created, right? And on May 5th, like literally the day of the eclipse, they um, filed and proposed the bill for the Crypto Act. And mm-hmm. this is pretty interesting because I think this is a big part of what's making a lot of new as well exchanges and crypto projects just feel like we got to get out of here um so the crypto project stands for crypto regulation protection transparency and oversight act and essentially this has everything to do with the regulation around the cryptocurrency industry and what's really funny too is that every time that we have an eclipse it brings up things that occurred six months ago And literally six months ago is when FTX went down. And when you go and read this bill, this proposed bill, it just blames FTX for everything. It's like, (laughs) well, FTX did this and FTX did that. And so, you know, um, there's really interesting, even just racial comments in there, which I was like, what? Like ever since when are we doing this in bills? But anyway... Whoever wants to read it, then you can go and read it. Um, But yeah, it's just, it looks like there's so many agendas that have just been brought up through this crypto act to now go and regulate um, the world of crypto. And it's just scaring a lot of people away. Mm -hmm. But we know that there is a bigger plan behind this too. Yeah. That's what it's that's what it's designed to do. It's doing its purpose. But that's amazing that that was on that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. I don't know why I get surprised by these things anymore. Like I just, it's proven over and over again. But when it actually does happen, then I'm just like, wow, it's yeah. really funny. I'm always surprised. I know it's just so fascinating because yeah. I think like we're still at this point where we're like can I really see this through astrology? Mm-hmm. You know, like you're still like questioning it, but then you're like, but I know it. Yeah, yeah it's really absolutely. cool. Absolutely. So we're out of Mercury retrograde 14th, I think. Yes. And um, yes, goodbye Mercury retrograde. That'd, that'd be great. And then um, coming into this new moon, but even before we come into this new moon, we have Jupiter entering Taurus on the 16th of May, yeah, um, which is which is pretty cool. But should we talk about this new moon? Let's let's talk about this next coming new moon. So also in Taurus, we have got a lot of stuff in Taurus. We've got yeah. really got a lot in Taurus, it's, which is amazing. It's actually really, I think it's really positive. Yeah. Um, I- we've got like Mercury, we've got Sun, Moon, Mercury, um, Jupiter, Uranus, and North Node. Wow. All, in all happening in Taurus, and which is relatively good for the economy. 
It's not incredibly, incredibly bullish, but you have to think about it like tourists energy. Like it's, you know, we've spoken about the fact that Taurus is like old school money and it's quite like stable, stable and just, you know, persistent in its way forwards and upwards. So I think it's a really good turnaround moment. Um, I hope for the whole economy, um, yeah. but look specifically at Bitcoin, that's definitely starting to look good. Um, yeah. and, I think mm-hmm. gold also, like I, I always just think of a tourist. I always just think has this energy of kind of like, yeah, like it's old money. Um, you know, it's not this like very flashy, you know, it's more, it's more like luxurious, understated, but um, yeah, like old money, aristocratic vibes, like that's the feeling. And so I think again, you know, gold is, gold has been just going for it, you know, Um, gold is an interesting one, but again, you know, you have the elements of gold um, where you can self-custody as well in a similar way with Bitcoin, but how much are you possibly going to do that you always you know at some point you will always have a counterparty risk when storing gold as well um Mm. and um but it is very interesting and also most of the gold most of gold is not um like it's not like help like personally held like in the same way like bitcoin you can like very easily self-custody but um Mm. but it's looking good because it's all around like stability security public image you know, um, with with it being Taurus being in the tenth house as well. So again, you've got the new moon in Taurus is in the tenth house. So again, you've got politics, you've got leadership, you've got government. So we're looking at those themes again. But I sort of feel like it's like the tides are turning a little bit. Like especially specifically, that's specifically for Bitcoin in the tenth house. So you know, it's very interesting. You have Robert Kennedy Jr. who is making his first public appearance as a presidential candidate at the Bitcoin conference in Miami. Like that's, you you know what I mean? Like if you said that a couple of years ago, a presidential candidate will be like, you know, it's, it's very, very, very interesting. So I think that we're seeing, like, I think I said this in a couple of episodes ago, you know, the whole thing with government and politics, like, yes, there's going to be this like tightening of regulation on one side of things. Um, but there's you're also going to see politicians come to the fore that, you know, run on a Bitcoin platform, basically, you know. And um, so I think that that's really, really interesting and, um, you know, something quite fascinating that's coming up. Yeah. I'm not sure what date the Bitcoin conference is. Um, it should be the 20, 21st, I think, of May in All a right, couple so weeks time. Yeah. So just I, after uh, the new moon. Yes, yes, just after the new moon. And I actually just find it so interesting. I'm like, as soon as you said that he's, like, going to be at the Bitcoin conference, I was like, yeah, duh, because he's got to compete against DeSantis. And DeSantis is, like, the Bitcoin or, like, the crypto, like, presidential candidate guys so um has he has he announced that he's running uh i don't think he has officially right alex mm. no I, I have not heard any of that i kind of don't want him to uh, well just to change the law 
that if he wants to run for president, he can stay governor during yeah. like the. That's beautiful. Okay, he can yeah. go do what he wants now. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Go be a free bird. <laughs> yeah. Go run wild. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, because that was always the thing that people were saying that he would have to step down as governor. But then another person said, but they have such a dominance, you know, that they can probably change that law quite easily. So they obviously have done that. But, you know, it's so it's so interesting. It's so easy to get sucked into these things. Like, you know, I can't stand politics. And yeah. like, what you know, like I said, you know, you girls know that I like think it's the most poorly scripted reality TV show we've ever been subjected to. But, um, you know, it, it's so interesting. The thing that I dislike about it the most is really that it, you know, again, like the, you know, crypto regulation we were talking about last last episode. You know, it's like it breeds this kind of savior complex. Like if only my guy can get in, everything's going to be fine. If my party wins then everything's going to be good. And I just find that a very like disempowering perspective um, because like, historically that's not true. Like, you know what I mean? If you look back, it's not really true, but I do find it, it's so easy to get sucked into these things because even like, um, like Robert Kennedy Jr., I love him. His work is incredible. A lot of people think that he's only been kind of this activist kind of person during covid but it's not true at all like he's been you know fighting against these institutions for decades he yeah. spent his entire career as a lawyer you know pushing back on these these big institutions so i think it's really interesting but i even find myself getting like going oh it would be great if there was another kennedy in the white house it would be great you know what i mean so it's like it's so easy to get sucked into that um, mentality I think yeah no I definitely know what you mean it's you mean like the your vote counts mentality <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly I missed that. what did you say the your vote counts mentality I don't know what that is so like just you know, like, you know how you vote, you go to the voting polls or you do uh, the mail-in ballots now here in America. Um, and so there's this whole thing that, like, they want you to vote, like, your vote counts, but, like, oh, real I just, housewives yeah. of, yeah. Right. <laughs> real, real politicians in Washington, D.C. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because for those that are not from America, you don't have to vote in America. Like, for example, yeah. in Australia, you get fined if you don't vote. Like, you have yeah. to vote. Really? So, it's mandatory yeah. voting in Australia. Americans always are so shocked by that when I say that, too. It's funny. Yeah. It's so crazy. And as an Australian, I'm shocked that you're not forced to vote. I'm like, you live in the country. Like, you should have a say. It's just so wild. Yeah. But I'm interested to hear what you think also, Alex, on Robert Kennedy Jr. Like, um, I think that like my question is really does he even have a chance of really getting on the ticket because um like the democrat party is a completely different party since his uncle and his father were were part of the democrat party and he has been part of the party as well for all of that time obviously 
But the thing is, is that the Democrats are so in bed with big pharma, big tech, big ag, military industrial complex. It's hmm. like those are the very entities that he has been battling for decades. So it's like, how does how does that work? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that, that he is coming out with all his data. He's being interviewed by people with like spiritual people on social media. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that he's like coming out and sharing his data is uh, and his experiences and his point of view. It's just good that people are hearing from him. And it's so it's like a, it's like a positive thing. I think people need to hear because even if like, you know, the elections may or may not be rigged, whatever you want to think about that, um, they are. But at least people will start to shift their their views. And I think like, you know, if we're looking at it at a more macro, more Aquarian, Aquarian point of view, there is a there is a massive consciousness shift happening, ha- happening, hence the Bitcoin, you know, like we're putting our energy into that for safe haven but it's like that now this man who is so deeply rooted in what i believe is non-corrupt <laughs> i say that very uh gingerly american history and honesty and integrity and he really stands for not mutating people's dna with whatever you want to come to mind with that that may might mutate your dna um, he's very like into the sovereignty of the physical being, and it's very refreshing to hear that because while he is a Democrat, he is anti-mutating human genes. He's very much not in bed with big pharma, with big agriculture, and those companies, those those entities, are here to mutate humanity for a for profit and he's here to literally like break that so i think the consciousness shift of him existing speaking out connecting to people he's connected to aubrey marcus on instagram he's done a lot of like instagram interviews and i think that's smart on him because the people in the spiritual community have a higher vibration so for him to come in do you see what i'm saying it's like his energy is trickling through the consciousness and helping shatter these uh, the, these people's beliefs, perhaps, that are maybe, well, I don't know them, the people that are stuck in the consensus uh, sheep state, but he's um, he's definitely, I think, expanding the view, and that's, that's what's important. Right, yeah, it's interesting, so I don't, you know, the Democrat Party, I'm not sure, um, you know there are definitely kingmakers within the Democrat Party, right? That put these that put these candidates forward. Um, so I just, you know, I found it interesting. I think it was Marianne Williamson said in a podcast, like when she ran last time, she had said that one of the most shocking things, like when she went to Washington, like she knew it was going to be tough. She knew it was going to be dirty, but what she hadn't realized, like, was the that within within the party, the maneuvering within the party, the politics within the party. Like she said she was shocked that there were people in the Democratic Party, the Democrat Party that one that would have been happier with Trump in office for another four years than to have Bernie Sanders on that ticket. Which I was just like, wow, that's wild, you know? And so 
Yeah, so he was never going to get an opportunity to be the, the, the candidate, right? So I'm wondering if there's going to be a similar dynamic to um, Robert Kennedy Jr. or if possibly they see, hey, hang on a second, this is probably someone that, this is probably our only candidate that can realistically go up against Trump. Okay, so did, did I answer your question? I, I took it in like a spiritual way. Yeah, you did. It's okay. Yeah, it's both. It's both. Oh, man, I was going to say something that I totally forgot. Um, maybe it'll come to me. It had to do with corrupt politics. <laughs> oh, um, no, no, it's gone. If it comes back, I'll I'll share. Yeah. What um what do we think and or feel in regards to the first of June and the potential um what's it called reaching the debt ceiling? Uh, I think it's just drama. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think it's just drama. drama. You know, it's just drums. It's um like they they use it for political negotiation for maneuvering. Like I personally, I could I could be wrong, but I don't think the U.S. is not going to default on its debt. Like there's yeah. there's no chance. I don't. I personally think there's no chance. Obviously, I'm not an economist, so I could be entirely wrong. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's interesting. I think we're coming into another boom bust cycle. You know, the debt ceiling's going to be raised after much, you know, negotiating and drama between the parties and yeah. holding each other to ransom. And um, basically, <laughs> and then, um, you know, I think at some point, I've, I've no idea when, I think Powell will pivot, will have to pivot. But I mm. think there's, you know, I don't think it's happening yet. I don't think it's happening yet. I think he's, you know, a few things, a few more things are going to break before that happens. And then yeah. again, we will go into this really, you know, crazy cycle of the markets being flooded with liquidity, you know, asset prices through the roof. You'll see valuations on, you know, stupid companies getting insane valuations, you know, while they don't yeah. add anything to the world or the economy. You know, we're gonna we're gonna see all of those kind of things and everyone will feel rich again, you know? Like everything will will go crazy. But inflation will be through like beyond beyond. You know, so I think that it will be short lived. It's not gonna be like another, you know, decade plus of cheap money, cheap capital. I don't I don't see that happening. But um yeah, I think that that's that's the way things are going from a sort of like macro perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, that's probably the perfect time to interject with some astrology there, because <laughs> as we know, everything is written in the stars. And, you know, we already started talking about the fact that things are about to turn around and start looking really good, um, you know, whether it be a whole economy or the whole economy or even just looking specifically for crypto, as you were actually then speaking about Taurus just came to mind and I, I got up the chart um the new york stock exchange its sun it's actually in taurus um mm. that's really interesting as Fitting. well just you know right it's just uh time for the new york stock exchange to maybe start running again and um i mean i think 
also just side note, JP Morgan, or I don't know, I read something about, I, I read too many things sometimes about them like banning to short the market. So you can't, Wait, what? yeah, you can't short, you can't short bank. You can't short oh, okay. stock. They there stop um, shorting the bank stocks. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, um, just a side note, but what's super interesting is that on July 17th this year, um, you mentioned that earlier that the North Node is currently in Taurus. Mm-hmm. Now, the North Node in Taurus is a sign of a slowing down of the economy. And it has slowed down ever since we had the North Node in Taurus move in there. Uh, when would that have been? I think it was like end of 2022 or something. Or sorry, end of 2021. Uh, I have it here. So, yeah, actually, it was January 18th, 2022. The mm-hmm. North Node moved into Taurus. And now on July 17th, the it's going to be moving into Aries. And now mm-hmm. that is a sign of super bullishness. Yeah. Um, let's talk quickly about the North Node and what this means, because I think this is really important. So I know a lot of people in real estate, for example, look at 18-year cycles, where in 18 years, typically in real estate, you see a reset of from the lowest point, they go up, prices come back down, 18 years marks the next low, and then they start again, right? Um, this cycle. And in astrology, we look at what's called the 18.6 year cycle, and this is linked to the North Node. Now, what essentially the North Node is, is it's not a star, it's not a planet, Um, But we look at the north node of the moon, which is the ecliptic planes, that of uh, the normal ecliptic plane, that all the planets orbit around the sun, that also then crosses over with the ecliptic plane of the moon. And that goes and creates a north node and a south node, the points where these two ecliptic planes cross over. And when you go and look at the north node, right, the North Node, for it to go all the way through all of the zodiac signs, it takes 18.6 years. Now, Louise McWerther, which we've spoken about before, um, you know, somebody that really went and looked at financial astrology, went back, back-tested, et cetera, who we also think may have been, in reality, W.D. Gunn, but never wanted to admit to being W.D. Gunn as he put together this information and used astrology. Um, So whoever Louise McWeather was, she actually went and put all of this together and found patterns where, as I said, when the North Node is in Taurus, everything slows down. The economy slows down. It creates a bottom, but not the, like, not the lowest low, but it's like a higher low. And then what happens is when we hit Aquarius, when the North Node in Aquarius hits, that is when we have seen in the past like the biggest financial crises. Like the last time that the North Node was in Aquarius was in between 
from, I have it written here, from December 19th, 2007 to August 21st, 2009. And it was literally 2008, wow. right? The year that we had the biggest financial crashes. And before that, for example, Aquarius was, um, the North Node was in Aquarius in 1989, 1990. And you can go back and actually times, and it was literally always when we had the biggest financial crashes. Um, now, what's coming next, this eight, next 18.6 year cycle, when Aquarius, when the North Node is going to be in Aquarius is from eight. April two, April 28, 2026 mm -hmm. to March 26, 2028. So we're looking at 2026 to 2028. And mm -hmm. what's so wild is as we step into the North Node in, in Aries, so we're going from right now, North Node in Taurus, July 17th this year, we're stepping into Aries. Then after that, it's going to step into Pisces. And those two are bullish. Very mm. Pisces. We have until 2026, when then the North Node is going to go into Aquarius. And that's where we're going to see the market turn around. And we're going to get the lowest lows. And we're going to have one of the biggest financial crashes that we have seen to date according wow. to 18.6 year cycle. So it kind of aligns with what you've just said too. Yeah. Yeah. Get ready for them to just raise on up the debt ceiling, get ready for them to just go ahead and really go and make easy money. It's going to yeah. be this time where, you know, they're going to go out and give out stimulus checks or all of these different things, just print out more money, pretend like everything's okay. And then in 2026 is when we may really start feeling things. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting. It also lines up perfectly with the Bitcoin halving cycle. Oh, wow. yeah. So there's a lot of things that overlay over that time. So, yeah, that's really fascinating. Well, that really lines up with what I just said as well. Um, yeah, literally. <laughs> that's like, literally. okay. Yes, yeah, so that's that's fascinating. Wow, April twenty sixth, guys. Let's yeah. Notice, I'm gonna add yeah. one thing there too. That while I was like going through and looking at all of this, and it's been so cool because as you learn about astrology, you get to go back and learn about history and what happened. Yeah. And the last time that we had the North Node in Taurus, which is like what we've been going through right now, that was mm. in two thousand around two thousand and three. And that's when all of that, like, Afghanistan war broke out. Oh, and I remember being super little and freaking out about that and being like, oh, my God, like, maybe World War Three is going to start. And now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, aren't we all like, oh, my God, is World War Three about to start in Ukraine? Like, has it begun? And I'm just like, what are the chances? Wow. Yeah. It always has that feeling of, like, war is imminent. Mm. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting Taurus yeah. yeah I think it's interesting also so North Node and Taurus 
um you know it's like the north node is really important actually like and it represents like the life path and so like bitcoin's natal north node is an aquarius which you know we we've talked about bitcoin's aquarius vibes many times um you know on on this podcast and it's really you know around tech innovation and disruption like that's really bitcoin's life life path um but you know taurus is also like associated with stability and security and so it can bring like um when the north node moves through taurus it can really bring opportunities for growth and abundance so there's like more of a focus during this time for um like long term investments and creating a stable financial foundation so i think that that's sort of like an interesting energy for this time as well is that like we're seeing lots of things happen in the traditional markets that are very unstable like to be honest and so it's like maybe people are shifting towards more of a focus of how can i create some stability and again like we just spoke about i think that's going to be somewhat derailed because it's going to be like you know pal's going to turn on the money printer again and everybody's mm-hmm. going to be like woohoo it's like you know we're rich again basically but um you know i think right now it's like hey hang on a second how can i create that stability that long term financial stable financial foundation so it's yeah. not always like really easy energy to work with with the north node energy it's always that mix of you know that tension between um your destiny and you know what it takes to get to that destiny right so um it's not always an easy energy to work with but it can sometimes the taurus energy can sometimes manifest as stubbornness or resistance to change so mm-hmm. i think that's really interesting like just 2 days ago the bitcoin network was um so congested that it was basically to a halt and the fees were through the roof and you know all of these sorts of things right and i found it really interesting the cause of this was the launch of like ordinals and brc20 tokens um the bitcoin maxis are pissed basically yes um so you know it's almost impossible it was almost impossible i think it's fine now it's still slow but it's almost impossible to get you know a get a transactions through the bitcoin network because yeah. people are minting shit coins on the bitcoin network oh and my god <laughs> i'm not entirely you know clear on how this all works because um i've only read one article about it i'm not an expert but i believe that ordinals is sort of a similar idea or concept to nfts and you know the brc20 is a similar is people creating tokens um on the bitcoin network in a similar way to erc20s are on the ethereum network so um it was interesting this article to read because obviously bitcoin maxis are pissed off this is not what bitcoin is for um but i think that even talking about this energy of like being too stagnant being too stuck and stubborn resistant to change there's a balance to be found there and there's a balance to be found with this as well like because people see bitcoin mainly as a store of value it's proof of work it's the most secure network you know it's really an area to store value and 
not really a place for shit coins, right? Like it's not really um, it's a like place. offensive. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm like, poor Bitcoin. Like, wouldn't you be offended if people created shit coins on you? Yeah, used you for meme coins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's that's the kind of vibe. But I think what is gonna happen is that you know, it has created there have been some plus sides to this. Miners income has gone through the roof. Um, so they are much more profitable, Bitcoin miners. It's created some utility for the network, but obviously there needs to be a balance here. It's a kind of odd thing. I haven't actually figured out like why, if you wanted to create a meme coin, why you would want like why you would want it on the Bitcoin network. I'm not quite sure because the whole thing with the Bitcoin network is that it's more secure, but it's like slower. It's more expensive, so it's not like the ideal place for a meme coin. The only thing that I can see at the moment is that it will just get so much publicity and hype right now. You know what I'm saying? So th I think that is probably the only reason. And, you know, you're not going to it's not the ideal place for that. Like even, you know, JPEGs of r rocks, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's not yeah. I don't see that being like feasible on the Bitcoin network because it is more expensive, it is slower, but it is more secure. However, in this article, there was an art high end art dealer and they have been waiting for this on bitcoin because for them they need that level of security and they don't you know they don't want to do it on any other network so i think when people talk about utility for nfts and things like that they're always talking about art 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 and collectibles which is fine that's the first kind of use case but there are other use cases beyond that like tokenization of real estate things like that so I kind of think what's going to happen is that, yes, like we all, your first reaction was my first reaction as well. It's like, why would people build shit coins on Bitcoin? Like it's offensive. But I think there is like a space for, for opening up and finding some balance that there may be some utility for, um, you know, things that need a um, more secure proof of work network like tokenization of real estate, like very high-end exclusive art, historic art, I think it was actually. So I think it's going to be really interesting. I think once the hype dies down, a lot of these shit coins will clear out because I think it's too expensive, too slow. You know, it's not, it's not an ideal place for them. And I think that the network will be less congested, and, but there will be this new sort of utility for the Bitcoin network. That's yeah. sort of my, my take on it. I love that. And I, every time, you know, I really teach about layer one, layer twos, I always talk about the fact that, you know, it's like, imagine a layer one project is a shopping mall, right? And mm. then within the shopping mall, you have the shops itself, right? So you'll have some malls that will have like, you know, their Louis Vuittons and their Gucci and these higher end brands. And then you'll have some malls that will have more like your big W's, your targets, your um, TJ Maxx. I'm trying to think of different countries and different stores that they have their Primark. <laughs> right? And so, and that the store within them, right, is the layer two. So you have the mall, which is the layer one, and then you have the shop or the store, which is the layer two. 
And then you do have, you know, those shopping malls that are more exclusive, more maybe high end. And that's when we talk about maybe like Ethereum or like in this case, in, my, in this case, it might be like Bitcoin where they are more luxurious and high end. And yeah, you want to be a part of it. You pay the higher fees. That's just the way it is. Whereas, you know, then you see other shops or malls like B&B Network, which is just a little bit cheaper to be in. Yeah. So I do think that it's going to create, um, I do agree with you. I think that's a really, really, really good example of um, another type of utility that Bitcoin may be bringing. Um, mm -hmm. But we just got to, you know, work towards making sure that it is going to be quality and that we maintain the actual utility, like the, a good utility behind it, not little frog coins. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. Do you know that Pepe was the, it was first minted as a BRC20 before that was its first iteration? Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't think it's the thing for meme coins. Like I, but I think, it, like I said, I think because of those reasons, it's going to like attract more you know, if if you're looking at creating a project, you're kind of looking at those three um, dilemmas, right? And it's the security. Is it the security, speed, and scaling? Like the ability to scale. And so Bitcoin obviously is like the most secure, um, yeah. but it doesn't have the speed. Like, it, you know, it's obviously is much slower. It's much more expensive. So it makes, it's not as easy to scale like these cheap, projects that rely on like volume you know what i mean um like the targets the tj maxx the, those kind of stores they require on high transaction volume like they rely on high transaction volume whereas i think it will probably sort of filter out and end up being more the premium kind of um transactions and projects that are attracted to the security of Bitcoin, the proof of work element of Bitcoin. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how it plays out. But then you do have the Bitcoin purists who are like, this shit, none of this shit belongs on this, you know. So, yeah, I just thought it was interesting when I kind of looked at the astrology for the, the North Node that it was like, okay, there is this balance, like there is going to be stubbornness and resistance to change. And there mm -hmm. is this opportunity for growth and abundance. So it's like, it's that balance between the two. And that's what we're being sort of called to. Yeah. Hey, you know, this past eclipse season has just been all about release and let go. Mm -hmm. New cycles, transformation. Transformation is really the key word for 2023. I think by next eclipse season in October, we're going to be looking at a completely different world this October mm -hmm. I'm about. Well, I think what's interesting as well is like, I, I keep thinking about this, that I feel like it's almost, it's starting to become very redundant or, you know, pointless to sort of be attempting to understand Bitcoin with any depth while looking through the lens of the current world that we live in, because it's, mm -hmm. it's not really made for this time. It's almost like trying to explain you know, Instagram or TikTok to someone who's never seen an iPhone, like it doesn't make sense. There's no context for it. Like, yeah. um, you know, I remember what years ago when camera phones were just starting to be a thing 
And like I was buying a new phone and they're like, oh, you should get one. It's, it's, this has got a camera in it. And I'm like, why would I need a camera? Plus the cameras were terrible at that point. Right. And, um, you know, I was like, why? you know, what would it, what am I going to take pictures of? Because I didn't live in a world at that point when, you know, we were obsessed with taking pictures of ourselves. Like that didn't, ex the selfie didn't exist when I was in high school, you know? So it's like, it's such an interesting thing. So it's like, it's almost like in a, in the same way, trying to really like understand what Bitcoin is and what it could look like in the future. It's almost trying to explain Instagram and TikTok to that version of Claire, you know, like she has no context. The world is, is not, you know, she has no context for, for those kind of things. Whereas they're a huge part of our lives now. So yeah. I think, you know, I don't know what it looks like. None of us know what it looks like, but I think it's also holding that space for going, hey, hang on a second. The world is not going to look this way. Like it's not going to be the same in 10 years time. And just being kind of comfortable in that unknown because, um, yeah, I think that things are changing. And I think when we talk about like, you know, we, we are always talking about this, like part knowledge We're we're talking about like, you know, seeing a new world, the world that we would love, you know, want to see. And, you know, in human design, it talks about like this, the new paradigm and things like that. And I think when people think of that, they always think of like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep one night. And then the next day I'm going to wake up and it's going to be a whole new world. Like, that's not how it happens. That's not how the planets move either. It's like incremental, like some of them do move faster, but it's these like incremental steps that it feels like nothing's happening. But then you look back 10 years and you go, wow, everything has changed. The world is completely different. And so I think like it's useful when we're trying to understand Bitcoin and trying to understand all of these use cases for bitcoin that we actually don't know yet what that world looks like so just keeping you know not having too tight a grip on this is the way things are this is the way it's going to be used and this is what it's going to be used for i think that's um that's important yeah i'm reading this book now called evolutionary astrology and like one of the key principles to understand it's like the astrology of the soul and how the soul evolves like beyond this life and it's like a great point to what you just said like there's these two foundational concepts called involution and evolution and like we obviously understand like what evolution is and like the evolution of money the evolution of technology the evolution of like uh the selfie camera phones etc but it's like so in order for anything to evolve, something has to be destroyed or like involution, they call it. So it's like we're seeing all of the, these, we're seeing the threads of this very 3D financial system start to be pulled apart and it's starting to like disintegrate. And it's like they're trying to tie these loose ends together and say that it's going to withstand everything, but it's not. It's like this old sweater, like that's just fraying or these curtains that the cats keep clawing at and just fraying and it's like so we're seeing like the involution of this structure this like 100 100 year old structure 150 year old i don't be uh break down so like we are in the evolution of it like we're literally in it maybe we can't fully like 
picture what Bitcoin will be like used for. We can like understand it to an extent, but it's like we're seeing the uh, destruction and creation like happening right now. We're seeing this like new thing be weaved. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Very, very yeah. transformational times. And yeah. Just bringing it back to this North Node that's moving. That's like a, another big shift. We've yeah. Had too many big shifts. And just ever since we started this podcast, <laughs> it's Saturn and Aquarius and now the North Node. It's just wild. But um, I think it's a great time to be alive. I'm excited for it. I love. Yeah. Um, I love transformation. I love evolution. I love the idea that as human beings, we're just moving forward. You know, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to learn lessons, but we're moving forward. Um, and so I think that's really exciting. And, you know, I think that the world is slowly starting to adopt or to even just, I don't know how much of the world is fully ready yet to adopt Bitcoin, to adopt Web3. But I do see more and more people being open to it and being curious about it and wanting to maybe start to not even take those few steps into it, but to start receiving education around it. Um, I think more and more people are starting to be like, wow, like banks really are failing. Like our system really is failing. So what do I go to next? And how can I how can I protect my family? Because at the end of the day, we are human beings. We always go back to that reptilian yeah. brain of survival. And so, you know, when you have certain people driving around with cars saying you should panic, if I remember the quote correctly, Claire, from <laughs> I suggest you panic. There you go. I suggest you panic. Then I think people are like, you know, and it's kind of wild and maybe Alex, you can expand on this, but I just feel like that as human beings, we literally wait to the moment of like panic and of like, now I'm in extreme, starting to get towards extreme discomfort. And that's when I will then start to take action to change my thoughts, my behaviors, my feelings, because I'm seeing that this is not going to allow me to survive anymore. So, yeah. What did you want me to expand on within that? The, like the, the psychology? Plus maybe the spiritual side. Like, I mean, it's just in case you have any thoughts around it, like, don't we just as human beings have that? Like the waiting we- to the last second? Yeah, we get to like, we just wait until like the Titanic is like fully going down and then you're staring at the water and you're like, oh, okay, now I should probably do something. Yeah. Unless you're a conspiracy theorist. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, we've been on edge our whole life. We've been on edge, was born on edge. We've we've known, we've known what's going on. (laughs) But I think it's like different. It's so different because there are there are people who do really look to the media, the government, the celebrities to give them a sense of inner knowing. And those are like really like less evolved souls. And then there's people who 
are not interested in that and will almost do the exact opposite. And those are a little bit more evolved souls, but less evolved. And then there's people that like really know that they are part of source and they are here to serve humanity. And it really is not about them, but they are human, you know? And so it's like, we, I feel like it, it happens that everyone's on a different soul evolution journey, but um, if you if money and finances, it's, it's all the root chakra. So I think um, a system collapsing that was created before people, before like I was born, before you guys were born and to have mm -hmm. that idea of collapse be now like a clickbait buzzword, mainstream media topic of our podcast, like it's all over. It's very unearthing and it's scary. So I think people naturally want to look the other way. They want the comfort. They want the stimulus check. They want to hear Powell say, everything's great. They want to hear the, the ice cream president say, "We, you can trust your bank. And it's like, it's all of this false hope, but like you're still looking at other people and other things to tell you it's okay, but really just like peel the veil of ignorance back and look at what's happening and like make your choices but it's not so easy for some people to make their own choices you know but um maybe that maybe they'll find our podcast yeah yeah absolutely i you know it's interesting because i've never thought that it would be um bitcoin would gain mass adoption through um like hype and excitement and joy like i've always kind of thought that bitcoin mass adoption will be come through pain and necessity you know mm -hmm. so it's like that it's that element of you know everybody gets very excited in the bull run into bitcoin interested in it's great that people like it piques their interest but as soon as it crashes then people just completely disappear they're not interested right and so i don't think that that, that like that's how bitcoin's mass adoption comes i think that it's through like pain and necessity sadly but yeah, that's usually how we learn usually how we learn also right exactly yeah, your armageddon theory <laughs> yeah i don't know if it's quite like that but like you know yeah but i think it is like the the tighter things get in traditional finance the less stable the less trust there is in traditional finance that's how bitcoin gets mass adoption because people are scared and they're like well we you know that's when they're more open to bitcoin but should we end on a positive note, though, as well? Like Jupiter and Taurus is very exciting. Yes. It's, you know, the planet of expansion, abundance, good fortune, and it just brings optimism and positivity. So when it's in, you know, Taurus, it can bring beautiful opportunities for financial growth and stability and um, just, yeah, abundance to specific areas in your life. So, um for me, I'm Leo rising. So it's in my 10th house as well as Bitcoin. So again, we talked about this already with the 10th house in politics and government. You know, it it this is positive, optimistic and positive that a presidential candidate is, to, is you know, it's his first public, um, you know, public event, speaking event, mm -hmm. and it's at the Bitcoin conference. So I think that that's like definitely really interesting. For a person, tenth house person, it's career growth and public image. So it's that also ties in as well. So 
it's um yeah i think that it is a really positive time and um we yep. should get on board with it and then that ties in so it's in taurus until um i think 2020 may 2024 yeah i was about to say i think it's definitely until like mid or a little may, like may 25th yeah may 25th 2024 yeah and then that means that then jupiter is going in gemini and is that right that jupiter is going to go into gemini right that's like the next sign after taurus mm-hmm. yes it is and that for financial astrology is like incredible when we have jupiter and gemini and jupiter in cancer those two are some of the most bullish times that we will ever see so it's gonna be a hot astrology summer you guys all the way all the way through till like 2024 you know that's when things will really start like ramping up um so yeah this is the time to prepare this is the time to really you know I always tell people that it is like get yourself educated like go like learn about this stuff dive in and really understand what bitcoin is um and then of course the rest of the web three space um because we know what's coming 2026 and it's not to create anything it's just like cool we have these dates we see the cycles and history just repeats itself over and over yeah And it's also, it's great to be aware of that, though, because I think, like, as I said before, in terms of, you know, the the shift in the, you know, federal monetary, Fed Reserve monetary policy, or, you know, all of those kind of things, it's gonna, everybody's gonna feel rich again, right? And people think that that lasts forever. So it's really good to be aware that there might be, you know, that there, there will be an end coming to this sooner than you think. So then people can make better decisions you know um with all of that like cheap easy money that comes yeah um i wanted to add something how we you know a little bit before i was talking about how money is the root and how people do get scared but i want to say i want to just add to that you know if you are if you are listening to this and you are scared or uncertain because things are changing um it's really, really, really helpful to know who you are, which is the sacral chakra, the next chakra above the roots, the chakra of identity. So just knowing who you are, what you stand for, remember that you get to choose what you believe in um, and really know yourself outside of all of this like media influence and social media influence, know who you are. And when you know who you are, it makes it much easier to rise up into the solar chakra the third chakra of faith and boundaries and your will which allows you to ascend much more freely up into your heart and operate from the heart so i felt very called to just share that that's beautiful Beautiful. okay i think that's a perfect place to end it and um, Alex's soothing voice, so if you'd love to continue on your meditation, you've already put me into the state. It's the voice. It's the voice. Um, yeah. 
Okay, so listeners, listeners, you can do this sitting down, you can do this lying down, but I want to do what's called a body scan, a brief body scan meditation. So a body scan is when the practitioner guides you to notice different parts of your body, and it's a practice of embodiment on... um, on a level. And so what does that mean? So when we spend a lot of time in the digital world or in the, in our minds, we disconnect from our body and we, this is the vessel that our soul chose to evolve in during this life and experience karma, emotional, mental karma, but also physical karma through our five senses. So when we can go back into our body and feel things, we are it makes us much more capable to exist wholeheartedly and fully. Uh, So with that being said, you can lay down, you can sit down, you can rest with your hands, either face. Well, you can, if you're sitting down, you can have your hands face down on your lap or palms face up. If you're lying down, you can have your hands by your side with the palms facing up, or you can take your left hand to your heart and your right hand to your belly. And uh, if you are sitting and you feel like bringing the left hand to the heart and the right hand to the belly, that's okay too. So begin to notice your breath. The breath is the bridge from body to mind and mind to body. So shift your breathing, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose instead of the mouth. So allowing the mouth to be closed, relax the lips, the muscles of the face, relax your jaw. And notice what it feels like to breathe. And as you inhale through the nose, let your breath rise from belly to ribs into the heart. With slow exhales out through your nose. Go ahead and take a couple more breaths. I'll begin the body scan. So just spend uh, a few moments of awareness on each area. So begin to notice the bottoms of your feet. Noticing big toes all the way to pinky toes. Feel right foot, feel left foot, and feel both feet. Start to bring the awareness up to the ankles. Noticing right ankle, left ankle, both ankles. And let the awareness rise to your lower leg, feeling right lower leg and left lower leg, both lower legs. Notice the knees, your kneecaps, the back sides of your knees, feeling the sensations of your right knee and your left knee. Now bring the awareness up the legs to 
the thighs and upper legs, feeling the right upper leg and left upper leg. Become aware of both legs all the way down to the feet and take a breath into your legs. And bring the awareness to the pelvis. Noticing right hip, left hip, both hips. From the pelvis, bring the awareness up to your navel center and take a breath into the lower belly, feeling the expansion and the let go of air. Begin to notice your ribs, feeling right ribs, left ribs, both ribs. And take another breath and notice how your ribs expand as you inhale and how they relax as you exhale. And from the ribs, bring the awareness up into the heart space, cardiac plexus. Begin to take a breath into the heart. From here, become aware of right collarbone, left collarbone, both collarbones. Begin to feel the shoulders, noticing right shoulder, left shoulder, and take a breath into both shoulders, feeling the subtle rise of the shoulders on the inhale and the subtle let go on the exhale. Let the awareness fall from the shoulders into the upper arms, down to your elbows, noticing right elbow, left elbow, both elbows. Awareness falls down the forearm to your wrist. Notice the palms of your hands, feeling right palm, left palm, both palms. Feel thumbs, pointer fingers, middle fingers, ring fingers, and pinky fingers. And take a breath down the arms into the hands. And start to bring the awareness from the palms up the arms to the shoulders, to your collarbones, to your throat. Take a breath and notice the sensation of air gracing the throat. And allow the throat to relax, bringing your awareness to the space behind the ears, feeling right ear, left ear, both ears. Notice your jaw. Allow your jaw to relax as you feel the roof of your mouth the bottom of the mouth, back of the throat, the top teeth, bottom teeth, and tongue. Allow your entire mouth to relax. Notice the lips, the tip of your nose, right cheek, 
left cheek, both cheeks. Feel the eyes, noticing the space right above the eyes, the third eye, the brow. Bringing the awareness up into the forehead. Let the awareness fall from your forehead down the sides of your face, back down the neck into the collarbones. Take another breath from belly to ribs to chest. Begin to notice the back of the head, the back of your neck. Bring the awareness to upper back allowing the upper back to relax. Notice the middle back. Allow the middle back to relax. And notice the lower back, allowing your lower back to completely relax. And take a moment here and feel your entire physical body, being, sitting, resting, in presence with self, Take several more breaths here, feeling what it is to be human, to be you, to be connected to us, to each other. And as you are ready, to bring yourself into the now again. You may start by wiggling the fingers and toes, feeling the breath move through you, and perhaps softly opening the eyes here now. Welcome back, everyone. Oh, so good. Oh, so relaxing. I can barely open my eyes. <laughs> Me too. They're like still half closed. That feels so good. Yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you. You're Thank so you. welcome. Mm. Thank you for this session. Thank you for your energy, ladies. Peace, love, and Bitcoin, ladies. Peace, Peace love, and Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Bitcoin Zodiac podcast. We hope that our discussions about cryptocurrency, trading, the phases of the moon, and spirituality have inspired you to explore these topics further. As always, DYOR, do your own research. Stay tuned for our next episode where we will continue to dive deeper and build off of these perception expanding topics. Remember, whatever your beliefs may be, we all have something to learn from each other. So stay curious, stay open-minded, and keep exploring the world of Bitcoin and astrology. Until next time, these are your hosts signing off. May the stars align in your favor and your Bitcoin investments prosper. Peace and love and Bitcoin. Namaste.